When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Reality day trippers it was it was very sharp i was there practicing the intro and all that you know it was getting the voice ready and trying to make sure it was professional and then you just chilled out me boy that's the way we deal with these things anyway welcome to the lfc day trippers ntk no transfer knowledge show for your weekly uh dose of transfer tittle tattle from uh, ourselves here who claim to have no information whatsoever, only what we heard and read along the usual channels. And we will talk about all things. This week, it won't be just Liverpool, though we will be talking about Liverpool stuff. We'll be talking about the good, the bad and the ugly from all around the transfer world. Tonight, I'm joined by the main man himself. Gav, how are you? I'm great. great. You look it. You look Darwin Nunes. Uh, Any doubts I had over him once he was stood with the... The shorts, meeting the socks in that in that uh, picture, I was like, yeah, I'm all over this now. Um, he's literally Don't going to score it. 80 goals next season. So that's, that's how quickly I can change on a player. It's amazing. I like that. Yeah, I like that. We're not going to die on any hills on this channel. We'll be quickly changing our tune um, on players as they come and go. Ash, good to have you back. How are you? Oh, well, good. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for having me back. A um, bit sunburnt from a heavy drinking session on Saturday, so I'm a bit sore on the arms. But uh, apart from that, mate, all good. Um, good to hear about what happened on Friday with the golf day and everything. So that was a big shout to gather the boys there and you and your playlist, as as uh, the famous playlist, as everyone keeps going on about. So um, big, big shout out to you lot for that as well. But yeah, apart from that, mate, all good. Nunes, finally through the door. Everyone's happy now, surely. Good stuff. And just to say, we don't condone daytime drinking on the LFC day trip or so. Ash is speaking oh, for himself. Absolutely, I'd absolutely, no, hold on. I absolutely encourage it. The only thing I don't condone is um, not using proper sunscreen. That's it. Yeah, yeah. it's my fault. Yeah, yeah. Look after your skin and your skin will look after you, Ash. Did you never hear that old? No, that old the, look after yeah, your yeah. skin and the drink will look after you. That's, That's it. I was yeah. I was too busy drinking rather than concentrating on what the sun's going to do to me. Yeah, uh, to my skin. I'm afraid. So these things happen. These things happen. And delighted to be joined by Mr. Matt Gell again from all the way from Canada. Matt, how are you? I'm doing good, Keith. It's uh, it's a good day to be on to talk transfer stuff. You know, you can uh, take one out of the rumor column and put it into the confirmed column, and 
It's absolutely brilliant. And it couldn't even be better. Today is Charles Darwin's birthday. So it's truly Darwin's day. Is it really? Is it really? No. Oh, I was hoping it was. That would have been great. That would in fact, you know what? Because we're not into fact checking things here and now, we're gonna keep it. It's Charles Darwin's uh, birthday. Charles Darwin's birthday. Yeah. Um could be Charles Bronson's birthday, I don't know, but it's Charles Darwin. One of the Charles. We're, we're celebrating them all. Yeah, we're celebrating them all here. But look, lads, it's it's you know, as as Matt touched on there, when the signing happens, everyone's happy, everyone's buzzing. And this one is no different because of the sheer scale of it, Gav, isn't it? Like you're looking at potentially smashing our transfer record and if that does happen it'll be because the transfer has been a success really you know so are you excited about i know you mentioned there that you 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 change from you know one minute to the next with these things but from what you've seen and heard about darwin nunez are you excited to see what next season brings yeah absolutely look you know me i don't watch loads of portuguese football i don't watch loads of football um i just watch loads of liverpool and Good bit of the Premier League. Um, I've other things to be doing, like cutting out that slice I'm hitting off the tee. Um, but look, there's been a lot made of it over the last couple of days. You know, um, 64 million is the price. If he goes and wins the Premier League and the Champions League with Liverpool, we'll pay 85 and we'll quite happily pay it. And that's how transfers work. Um, there's loads of add ons on a lot of transfers. There's been a lot made of this. We called last night's show Darwin's Asterix, um, just simply because we could. But look, he's, he's come in. Um, there's, a, there's a quote going around from Klopp. I don't know how true it is and how true it is or how real it is. But he's just basically saying he's a great player. Um, he has so much ability and he's he can actually get better and better. And if you just go off that season that he's had with Benfica, how he played against Liverpool. Um, a higher standard of player he's going to play with at Liverpool if you're being fair and Jurgen Klopp's track record for taking players whether they're 30, 40, 50 or 70 million and making them even better and better because Virgil van Dijk has gone up level since he's arrived at Liverpool at 70 and so has Alisson Becker at 70 there's other players that were much cheaper and they've gone up level so I'm really excited by it the more and more I look into him and I was trying to I, I really badly went about this on Sunday night trying to figure out where he was going to fit and stuff like that. I was all over the place on Sunday night trying to just get it in my mind. But just looking at him and the, watching more and more goals he scored, it's just like he could fit in anywhere. But if you really need to, you know, hit hit the emergency button and, and stick him up front and make him an out-and-out out number nine, he's ap- absolutely made for that as well. So forget the fee. Um, I've forgotten about it already. Darwin Nunes is a Liverpool player. And we'd be all looking forward to, was it the 12th or 13th of July when we play United in Bangkok, I think. And he could play in that game. So, um, yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled with it. And it's gone through. He looks happy. Everyone involved looks happy. And everyone else is fuming. So that's an added fucking bonus, isn't it? Yeah, very true. Ash, you know, the, the Nunes deal goes through. And typical, you're having to justify the price. You're having to, Gav talks about an asterisk because, you know, it gets thrown in on Nunez then doesn't get put onto other onto other players. Do you care about the price and are you just excited to see him uh, getting settled in? I'm just excited if I'm, if I'm truthfully honest. I'm not going to turn around and say that I know a lot about his gameplay and I've seen much of him because I'm like Gav, I don't watch Portuguese football. The only thing I've ever seen of him is when he's played against us in the Champions League and I thought he was pretty good. Um, made Alisson produce an absolute out-of-this-world save that was going to go in. So it's always a bonus. Um, the fee is always going to get inflated. There's always going to be comparisons that now, you know, apparently we've got no money, we've, we don't spend and things like that. And all of a sudden we're spending astro- astronomical amount of monies and there's asterisks, as you say, there's 85 million, there's 64 million, there's figures being chucked everywhere, but it doesn't take a, a genius to work out that Highland's more expensive in the long run compared to obviously the, the Nunes deal. But there's always that element of doubt that you know a high amount of money is it gonna is it gonna pay off? I I trust Klopp, so if he wanted him, then by all means I'll have him walk straight through into the team tomorrow. I'm I'm buzzing. I can't wait to see him with him Salah and potentially Diaz more than likely on the left. I think that could uh, that could work wonders next season. 
Indeed, indeed. And Matt, you know, it's it's one that right, it's been a long time being confirmed, but now that it is now that it is confirmed, um, do you see it being a case where Darwin Nunes goes straight into the Liverpool starting team or can you see any situation where he might have to walk his way in so we could start with Salah, Diaz, Jota or, you know, something like that. Do you think he, he goes straight in when you're paying that fee for a player, he goes straight into your starting lineup? Or how do you see it playing out with him? I think at the start of the season, because of the congested nature of the fixtures before the World Cup, I think the Klopp's going to try to rotate the front at a pretty consistent level, with the exception of Mo. Mo will just probably play basically every game except for the League Cup early round sort of thing. So I think he's going to play, but I don't know if he's going to be a nailed-on starter every time. But I, he provides – like the the one thing about him that really got me excited was seeing that he's just blisteringly quick. Like seeing that he has express pace. And so one thing I noticed from last season was how dangerous Trent gets in a situation where pretty much every other fullback in the world, it's not dangerous. And that's when he's retreating from an attacking position on his weaker foot. And he has this ability to just hook the ball with his weaker foot when their line is trying to push up, our defenders are cutting in. And now you add a guy like him that's big and can take the ball down and has that speed. I it it is a tantalizing proposition thinking about Trent Alexander Arnold whipping the ball into Darwin Nunez. And the closer we can get it to the goal line where the header comes into it, he's a big kid. It's it's very, very exciting. So the price should have nothing to do with it. If that's what we have to pay to get the player that we want, we can't have our cake and eat it too. You know, all the people that pitch and moan every other transfer window that we don't spend enough money and now we're spending money and people are bitching and moaning that it costs too much. So eh, he's ours now and he's going to be good because that's just what Klopp does. Sorry, sorry, he like, no, I, I was looking at <coughs> compilations of him and like I said on Sunday night, like, is he that fast? And people like roared at me, you know, in the chat. Or like, no, he's so fucking fast. Did you not see this? Did you not see that? And you know, it it is it is a, an asset he has, and and when you go back and look at it, it's a huge asset he has. But for me, when you're watching the the things about him, is when we when we see our strikers like or our forwards, Salah is usually pinned by two players, right? Yeah. Mane can be at times as well. Jota for me is is a brilliant at getting in front of a defender or, or getting above a defender, even though he's not great in the air. Um, he's a real instinctive finisher, I think Jota. Um, and if you give him a chance, the majority of the time he'll score. This fella, for me, I'm not saying he's any worse or better at this, but his ability to find space is mental. Like, there's there's a thing doing the rounds on the in, on on Twitter today about a hat trick he scores, um, and his ability to find space is mad, you know. And it, and on top of that, he doesn't need loads of loads of time when he gets that space. It's literally he knows exactly what he's going to do. Like he. There's a goal he scores in this hat trick where the ball breaks in midfield and he's in the inside left channel and you just see him take off and he, he's given the ball, takes a touch, left foot, bang, far corner. The goal before that, ball in behind, comes in behind him, he lets it run past him, bang, right foot, far corner. Do you know what I mean? And it's just the ability to find space and be in and get into them, them positions. That is, could be frightening because when you watch Liverpool, Right, especially against teams that are in a low block and are trying to compress space. If you can find a guy that can find that yard when there's probably only half a yard available, um, it's absolutely huge. And I agree with Matt. I think there will be rotation. I think there'll be changes in system, both you know, start the games and in game. But he looks like he offers so much in a couple of different ways and you know, um Kevin Sullivan says in the chat there the only thing he'd be worried about is maybe the the fee getting to him. Um, because he is a young guy, 64 million, raising possibly to 85. I don't think the club will let that get him. I think they'll literally go out and let him play his game. And if that means coaching a bit into him here and there, absolutely fine. But for me, um, I am getting more and more excited every time I see every clip of him. Yeah, I mean, he, he moved from Almeria to Benfica for 24 million euros or 25 million euros two years ago. So he's, he's had that sort of big fee which was a record at the time you know I know it's even bigger this time but you know I, I just think the mentality of these South American players a lot of the time they're they've got that street fighter sort of mentality in them and, and they 
they just get on with it. Do you know what I mean? There's been so many of them. And I know they haven't always all worked out, but majority of them, I, I just I wouldn't be worried. Dylan, uh, Dylan O'Rourke makes a good point in there that although Portugal isn't a top five league, I think it might be the most similar to the Premier League in terms of physicality and pace. Heaps of goals, fouls, cards, etc. And most transfers moved across well. And I think that's an excellent point by Dylan because if you look at the players that come from Portugal, and, and we touched on this last week, like, but the likes of Ruben Diaz comes from Ben Benfica to Man City and the physicality of the Premier League doesn't look like it bothers them. Now I know Man City aren't exactly getting played and peppered with players trying to pin them back or anything but you know the, there's this um, look at the Wolves team where Portuguese players are coming in all the time or players from Portugal coming in all the time and they seem to settle nicely and that's that's another thing. You know, Klopp has said he's, he's name checked the Portuguese League as one that he thinks technically is brilliant and if if I pound this outlay in on a player, I just think there has to be. Um, it, it, you can never be a hundred percent sure on a transfer, but there has to be a lot of um, certainty that this one is going to work. And I just, I'm interested to see how it happens. I'm interested to see how it happens. But look, lads, that's Darwin, right? We could talk about them all night, but we won't. We're going to look at a few other teams around the league and the business that they're doing. I want to quickly have a little chat about Manchester United, right? Because <clears throat> Manchester United are linked with everyone. They are linked with everybody. I've been given names for players that Liverpool apparently are linked at. And when you go into the into Google them, just looking for links, all you see is welcome to Manchester, you know, including Darwin Nunes, by the way. You know, and, and they've all every single one of them have these um these videos. But Ash, I'll come to you. Man United have got a big rebuild to do because the amount of players they lost sheer, purely through contracts sort of running out. We're talking about Juan Mate, Paul Pogba, Nemanja Matic, um, Jesse Lingard. Like, There's a lot of, lot of changes there, but one they were linked with today was Christian Eriksen. Can you see Christian Eriksen to Manchester United being a goer or how do you see that one playing out? Uh... Well, it's certainly it'll cause concern for his health again, I think, if he went back to Man United, if I'm truthfully honest. Um, now, all jokes aside, Chris Harrison is a good player. I'll take him at Liverpool. Um, I could see I could see why they would go for Man United, uh, why Ericsson is an interest for Man United. I think it would be more suited to staying at Brentford, if I'm truthfully honest. I think he's settled there. He's, he's loved, he's adored by the fans. Not saying that United fans wouldn't. But I think it's Ericsson five years ago. Yeah, maybe. I'm not saying that he's not half the player that he is, but I would think that he would still be better off in a in a Spurs or or a Brentford rather than in my United. I've been I've done a bit of looking up earlier, and the players that they've been linked with are all Ten Hag previous players, aren't they? Like the Frankie de Jongs, the Antonis. It's 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 the Ajax link. Um, it seems to be. You know, like when we had Benitez, it seems to be mostly Spanish players, wasn't it? And and stuff like that. It seems to be what he's familiar with. Um, Man United needs a massive rebuild. There's no ways about it. I mean, you could probably say they at least need nine on a, on a good day, but then that's not going to be done in one transfer window. Like I said, Pogba's gone or going, should we say? Matic is gone. Lingard, the list is endless. But if you're going to ship out all those players, then you're going to need them all back in. And with the amount of names that they're being, they're being linked with everyone. We've got Pau Torres as well. Um, Timber as well. I've never heard of Timber, to be fair. I've never, ever heard of him, but as I never named, I cropped up. Um, it just seems like because of the, the rebuilding process that they're in at the moment, every name is being linked under the sun. What they need to go for, I'll probably say the defence. Harry Maguire is just absolute kick. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust him at all. Yeah, I would probably say that you're going to see a lot of incomings, outgoings from Man United. Whether they're going to be the right signings, times will tell, really. Um, but I can see the, I can see the why the links are happening because of Ten Hag is a Y axe. Matt, um, Ash touches on the the Dutch or the Eredivisie links to Manchester United, and I suppose Christian Eriksen, well, he wouldn't, I don't think, have played for ten. No, he would. I don't know where Ten Hag was coaching. He was at Bayern Munich, so no, he wouldn't have sort of featured on a Ten Hag when he was at Ajax. He did play for Ajax, and it's another um, 
Dutch connection there. Do you see most of these, as Ash said, as just being two and two equals six here because they're just t- taking players from Holland. For example, Ibrahim Sangara, who live Sangari, who Liverpool are linked with, is linked with Manchester United. Again, a Dutch player that Ten Hag knows well from the Eredivisie. Do you, do you agree that they just need an absolutely huge rebuild there? And do you put any, um, any credence to this Christian Eriksen link there? Or how do you see, where do you see Eriksen ending up? Uh, I, d- I don't see Ericsson ending up at Man United. Uh, there's Bruno Fernandez and him play the same position. Like United would be foolish to not be playing Bruno Fernandez in his best position, which, you know, right in the middle in that ten roll. Uh, but yeah, it's brilliant how much work Manchester United need to get done. Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to what Ten Hag thinks of the existing fullbacks, because towards the end, uh, Ragnick did not favor Juan Bissaka and Luke Shaw at all, basically ran them out of the team almost. So if Ten Hag is the same way, they, they need some reinforcement at fullback. Um, and I don't, I don't blame Ten Hag for going with what he knows. You know, he knows the Dutch league, he knows Dutch players. And, you know, that Ajax team was pretty damn exciting. So Donnie Vanderbeek will be back at Man United next season. So if they get Frankie de Jong in, that's a pretty decent midfield. It's certainly better than, you know, McFred. Uh, and to me, like as a Liverpool fan, I would be concerned if he took that old Ajax link one further and went and got Matthias Delict from Juventus. Because if he did that, that might actually start to fix Man United's defense. Because it's it's terrible currently. Yeah, the Delict one is strange because I see um, Chiellini <coughs> signing for LA. Um, so I'd say Ke- uh, Delict. I, I don't think he will move there. I'd say Jordan Timber is the one that he will go for at, at the back. But Gav, you know, the lads have touched on it there. The amount of players that we said are out of contract, but that's without, as Matt said, Wambasaka, Luke Shaw look like they've been drummed out. Like it's a huge rebuild there. And does it remind you of, you know, 10 years ago at Liverpool where it was just like every name under the sun and nothing, nothing happening? Or can you see big moves happening into Man United this season, this summer? Uh, look, you've seen a, quite a few going. You know, Polk was, I think he's yet to declare where he's off to. Um, Juventus are being heavily linked there. Uh, Juan Mata's gone. Lingard's gone. Matic is gone. Uh, Cavani is gone. Um, Martial looks like he won't figure for United. It's, it, there's loads of players. Loads of players are going out and none of them will be really missed. It's not like someone's running down a contract like, oh yeah, you're Salah. Where you're going, he's, he's one of your best players. None of them will be missed. And I don't think many of them suit the way Tan Hag wants to play. He- I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He is, he's playing it safe, I think. But he's kind of caught here because there is a rebuild, right? But it's still at the end of the day, Manchester United. And we know how this rolls. You know, they'll rock into the season after signing two or three. They'll all convince themselves that they're going to be the business again. It'll go slightly wrong at some stage, and they'll all start crying again. All right? And then, who did he start crying over? Well, they'll do the Glazers for a bit. But um, usually the fourth person is the manager. When it's if, if it's between now and Christmas, you know, or now in the World Cup, and it's going wrong, the manager will get it in the neck. Um, it's only when it goes on a bit further that they start turning on the glazers. It's usually around February when they find their yellow and green scarves and start mm-hmm. acting up. Um, but he, I understand where he's going, Keeper. I was saying this, I was saying this in, the, in the Telegram group earlier. Who he's being linked to are good players. But with the squad he currently has there, and one or two of them don't hit the ground running, where if they come in, he's in trouble. Right? I think he is walking off a budget. You know, I think they offered... Darwin Nunes more money than Liverpool did. Um, they were definitely looking at that thing, but I think I think he does have a budget, and I think the club are being a little bit um, cautious with what they're trying to do, which is fair because they've been awful transfer wise the last four or five years in particular. And he has a big, big job, Keith. It's a big, big job because 
like Ash said nine players there and you kind of gasp at that but then when you actually look at it you go he's not far off if if he wants to play the way Ten Hag likes to play Ajax press and they do this and they do that you know Luke Shaw going to do that for you no if Wambasaka presses you'll eat him alive you know um, I like McTominay um, I do like him but I don't think Rashford will put the walk in for you Ronaldo certainly won't um, Sancho. Will Sancho I don't know I think he's more of a front foot player but, but I just think for United they're being linked with all these players on Ericsson I think we're going to talk about sports in a bit because they're, they're having a really good window so far and it's early days but if I'm Ericsson I'm not going there you know it's it's um, it's Europa League football isn't it it's Thursday Sunday it's you're literally at the start of a new dawn as they would call it Manchester United but you don't know if the sun's going to come up yeah. and you know the sun needs the sun needs to come up for you know so and you just don't know what's going to with this no, you sun just, analogy yeah but you don't you don't know what's going to come up there so it's <coughs> it's a big risk Man United is a big risk for any player um, and not because of the ability these players are being linked with it's what they currently have there the structure within the club and how long they would actually give Ten Hag you know I can I can see I can see a situation where you know they do really well next season he gets them and he says he drills them and he says look we can't play exactly the way I want to play but this is what we're going to do and we're going you know he can't press high with Harry Maguire in the team simple as that you know he just can't he's fucking awful he can't turn he can't run and so he might have to alter what he's doing a little bit and maybe look that two or three windows down the road before he gets exactly where he wants to be but players I think might be a bit kind of do I go there because there's enough bits to that puzzle that just don't fit right now and it could end up United going down to um, what they usually go down to and that's throwing absolute wads of money at people and hoping it works and I I just think it's a huge huge job and I know it's Manchester United but it's, it's one I'm actually really intrigued by to see what he does because uh, he could he could go mad and do five or six this summer or he could take his medicine and do two or three and look at this as a long term project but if it goes slightly wrong in any way um, they'll go from that's just the way they work indeed indeed and I suppose it just goes to show you know yeah, you can have a huge rebuild and sometimes a manager will go in and can say right I want 11 of these players out here because we've we've named loads there that'll, that aren't fit for purpose and you get them out or does he need to go in there and look at what he has and say right I'm going to have to get something out of this and I'm going to have to just gradually improve this squad but not too much at one time and if we move on to another team you've just mentioned there Gav Spurs Matt I'm going to come to you here Antonio Conte has gone into sports. Antonio Conte has a defined way of playing. He has a set system that he always plays. He goes with three at the back. He goes with wing backs, wide midfield players, and he goes with sort of three up top, or two playing behind the uh, central striker. Now, last summer, or last season, sorry, they brought in um, Cutie Romero. They brought in um, Rodrigo Bentancourt, and they brought in uh, Dejan Kulazewski. And three really good additions to Spurs. Now, this summer, it looks like they're even strengthening even more and sensibly strengthening. So they've brought in Perisic, who will play on the left wing-back role for them, I would imagine. They're linked with Jed Spence. Haven't bought me yet, but heavily linked with Jed Spence to fill in the right wing-back role for them, which is a problem position for them as well. They are linked with Richarlison. I don't really get that one, but I suppose there's a lot of games to be played. Big money for him. But anyway, they're linked with him. But the one that's got everybody talking is a £25 million bid accepted for Yves Basuma. What do you make of Basuma at Spurs and Spurs business in general, Matt? Uh, Basuma is a cloudy one just because of his whole court thing. And, you know, even if he's not found guilty it might not mean that he's also innocent at the same time. So, you know, we don't know the particulars behind it. And there could be a reason why one club, like I would have liked to think that Liverpool would have been sniffing around getting Yves Basuma out of Brighton. You know, he looked like a pretty good promising player. Um, but that's, yeah, Conte is getting it right. A hundred percent. Like I'm expecting Victor Moses to be announced as, you know, a backup squad option in the near future. But like, even Fraser Forster is a good, solid backup goalie. They picked him up on a free. You know, it's a homegrown quota ticked off. 
He looks like Jack Reacher, so that really helps as well, too. Uh, there's another defender, Glayson Bremer from Torino, that apparently they're linked with. And- Liverpool have been linked with him for years. Um, yeah. Bremer, yeah, Glayson Bremer. We've been linked with him a long, long time. Don't never thought there was anything in it, but he's a name that does crop up all right. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, Romero was, I think, a big signing for them. You know, when they made that signing last year, because we had played Atalanta in the Champions League, and it was like, you know, had seen him play against our forwards, and like, you know, he's he's good. Like, my brother-in-law is a Spurs fan, but it's like Eric Dyer and Ben Davies. Like, you, they have to upgrade on that. So if he can he, if he can address that as well, you know, Spurs could be in a really, really good position, and they're not spending a lot of money. So hopefully they don't go and muck that all up by spending, you know, 60 million pounds on Richarlison. Yeah. <laughs> Very true, very true. Ash, Spores business. Are you impressed by it? Do you agree with do you agree with Matt that you know that they're filling in the needs, but they still have a couple of holes to fill? Yeah, I completely agree with Matt. I think it's been pretty sound business from Spurs so far. The only one that I did scoff at was the Richardson one. It just didn't make sense for the amount of money that's being tied around for him and yeah, it'd be good for good business for Everton, but I, I don't see how he would benefit going to Spurs um, but the, in regards to what they have done so far use Bazuma, like I said we've had links for him for the last couple of years very good player um, I think we you spoke about it last year Keith on, on the Trippers last summer you know big highly thought of again like Matt said the, the court incident and whatever happens with that could be a interesting outcome um, I would imagine Spurs has got enough information to know that it might be all right, hence the reason why they they've gone for him. Perisic has been reliable for Croatia, and I could see and I could understand that <coughs> signing him. Jed Spence again, I'm not all too familiar with what he's done, but again, what I have heard, he's a good player upcoming, would do a good job on the right. I think they've done good business, and like I said, this is their first season back in the Champions League. What since we beat him in the final? So they need the numbers as well. They need the strength and depth. But I think a couple of central defenders, and I think there'll be a team to keep an eye on for next season, for definite. Indeed, indeed. Wizard makes a good point there. The director of football at Spurs was the best signing they've made. Stay from Juve and Conte knows he'll do the business. Paratici is very good there. But Gav, a lot of talk about... Um, the, the background the is Basuma, not an allegedly to be had by the lad, so I hope you have the the, the lawyers on speed oil there just in case. Mm. But are you happy with Spore's business and Basuma in particular? Because I know you sort of like Basuma as a player and he's a name that's been linked with Liverpool and I think Matt said it there, why have we not been, at that price, why have we not been mentioned? Do you think we've moved on maybe from him or why are Spore's getting a free run at this fella? Well, I think he's out of contract next summer. Yeah. That's the fourth thing. Um, look, there is allegations made against Ives Basuma. Everyone knows that. Um, we don't know where it is at the moment. I suppose, maybe, I would say Spores no more than me and you about it, considering yeah. the 25 million quid on the table. Um, he's a very good player. And look, there's two things in this for me with Spores. One, they need the strength because they're in the Champions League. Right? They, like, they scrape into fourth last season after going out of, I think they were in Europe before Christmas. Um, it's around Christmas time, isn't it, when they don't play that game? They it out, yeah. Yeah, f- yeah. Some, French, some French team. Ren. Ren. Um, and so, so they they basically have a five-month run at the league and they, they basically confirm it on the last day and it's more or less down to Arsenal's collapse because Spurs do have some dodgy kind of results in the last seven, eight games, if I remember right. I think yeah. they get beaten by home by Brighton. Brighton, yeah. Um, and there was one or two where they didn't look great, but they get they get through it. Arsenal held them in a massive way. There's two things to this for me though. They have to strengthen and they see an opportunity. And the opportunity is is kind of there's a two pronged in this. One, what's gonna happen at Chelsea? Because alright they've been bought for a colossal amount of money, but these people aren't gonna come in and go, We've spent this colossal amount of money, let's continue to spend on the levels we've spent on because if you Take away that 1.6 billion as to where it came from. Chelsea needed 1.6 billion above what they're earning to keep themselves going over the last 20 years, right? Which is not a healthy position to be in, all right? And 
they, I think that, that that crowd come in at Chelsea and I think they look to balance books to a certain extent. So you might see some transfers at Chelsea that are going to be a little bit shrewd, as you would call them. They're losing Christensen, um, they're losing Azpilicueta, but that, that'll all depend on Barcelona getting their arse in gear. Um, Lukaku's rumoured to be on the way out. There's a couple more. So Spurs are looking at this as an opportunity where they can, A, look to take Chelsea's place in the top three. I don't think Spurs are going to be naive enough. And I'm not writing them off by any means. People will say, oh, you're writing them off completely. Spurs could go on a brilliant run next year and challenge for the title. We've seen it. But I think they're looking to, to go, we could jump Chelsea here. And even if we don't jump Chelsea, we can put distance between Arsenal and United because they're in the Europa League. You will struggle to attract players of a certain calibre. A, because you've Arteta in, in charge and it's Arsenal. And B, it's a new manager at Manchester United, right? The business so far, Paris is a really good one. Um, I don't think he fancies Ben De- Ben Davis as a left wing back, and I don't think he fancies Regalon either. I think he only used Regalon as kind of emergency at times. Yeah. On the right hand side, um, I think he was actually using the the Irish guy left, wasn't he? And Doctor, yeah, yeah, and then he was using Emerson Royal at the right, and yeah. Emerson Royal is a, is a, is an athlete, but I don't know how. I'm a bit iffy over him. Jed Spence is really highly rated on loan at Nottingham Forest to get promoted from Middlesbrough. So Middlesbrough in the championship will probably be looking for 15, 20 million quid to bolster their own chances of getting into the Premier League. So that's clever. The Basuma one makes sense. Benton Core, um, Heiberg in the middle of the midfield. I don't think Harry Winks has a future there. So you could literally be taking Harry Winks out and probably getting 10, 12, 15 million from off somebody and bringing Basuma in for 25. Forgetting, if you forget about everything that's the baggage that's going along there. Um, the Richarlison someone is weird. I think it's very hard for Spurs to sign a striker yeah. because it's Harry Kane. It's always Harry Kane. And you have got Son and you have got Kulisevsky, but Richarlison isn't going to run up and, up and down the left and right hand side of you. It's just not going to happen. Right, he might do it a bit at Everton because they're going to be relegated, and he tries a bit. But overall, he's not going to. And you've seen how far Lucas Moura has fallen down the pecking order there since basically he got dropped for the Champions League final for a half a Harry Kane. But they're doing good business, and I think they've been linked with Lengley, haven't they, from Barcelona? Um, that the Torino sent the half, as you said, and and the third thing to this, and I'm going on a bit here, but the third thing to this is. Antonio Conte will want action because I would say what's hanging over Spurs head is if we don't do what this fella says and he's a brilliant manager by the way over a certain period of time with certain tools at his disposal I don't think he'd be there in two years time let me say that but I think if if they step out of line with him he will just be literally going PSG out there you know and they're trying to fend off any potential interest from PSG by showing Antonio Conte that they have ambition so so far so good for Spurs but they all have to walk. You know, they all have to walk. And Bentoncourt has to walk again next season. Kulisevsky has to walk again next season. Harry Kane is to stay fit. So does Son. You know, so overall they're strengthening. I think they're trying to put a distance between themselves and the teams that are behind them. And looking at Chelsea and saying we can go above them. So, yeah, so far so good for them. But we'll see how it goes um, during the window before it closes on August 24th or whatever it is. Indeed, indeed. Um, Ash, I'm going to come back to you. Manchester City, right? They announced Erling Haaland yesterday. Like it was some surprise move. Um, it got the world to to hear how Haaland was a Man City fan. And people are going mad about this, but his outfit played for Man City when he was a kid. So, you know, no doubt that he does have ties to Man City. But they're also linked. Forget about Haaland. We know what he brings to the table, right? They're also linked with Calvin Phillips, um, strongly linked with Calvin Phillips, 50 to 60 million. Do you see him being a, a, a player that City will spend that money on? And do you think he'd have an impact at Man City? I was shocked. I didn't think that was the calibre of player that Man City was looking for for their midfield. Um, so when they put Calvin Phillips links in, I was a bit taken aback by it. And then you look at it and you think, well, they kind of need to freshen the midfield up anyway in regards to the fact that they've got a lot of players who's been there for a while now. And I think they're going to go for a, a period of time now where they're going to try and bring the average age down as well. I think there's been links that um, Bernardo Silva is leaving. Um, Mara's uh, Sterling, there's there's an overall of players all of a sudden, and, and 
the fact that they've started with Calvin Phillips, I could see why. But then at the same time, is it a short-term thing because he's just got into the England team and it's just a bit of a flash in the pan? I think his legs are gone with what he's done at Leeds the last couple of years. I think he's been absolutely nailed and the injury is going to come left, right and centre. Um, but then Man City seems to have the ball a lot more and they can calm it down. They, they play a completely different way than Man City. So that could benefit him in that kind of regards. Another player that I've seen him look linked for is Cucurella. Yeah. From Brighton. Um, it's probably about another 50, 60 million. That's play pay that amount of money for left backs, don't they? So that would bring their net spend up to about 50 million is the real wood fee. There you go. So that's another 50 million pound left back. Um, just to add to the rest of them. I think, I think I could see it working, but I don't think, I, did, I just didn't expect it to be that kind of calibre of player that they're going for. I just, I think it just completely bewildered me why it would be Calvin Phillips, but it, it does make sense to a certain degree. Matt, you heard of Man City's business and, and Ash touched on it there, Kilgarella, Calvin Phillips, and a lot of players being linked with Elgons as well. Are people clutching at straws and will City just be as strong as they usually are next year? And if they do bring in Cucurella for 50 and Calvin Phillips for, let's say, 50, they don't really give a shit if they work or not because they've just got a squad there that absorbs these type of transfers. Or do you think it is a, a bit of a, a turning point, um, not a turning point, sorry, a, a refresh of their squad where, you know, they lose Fernandinho, um, as you spoke about, Sterling linked away, Bernardo linked away, Mares linked away, Jesus linked away. Do you think there might be a bit of a turnover at City there or is it just wishful thinking from Liverpool fans? It's probably wishful thinking and, you know, the Holland transfer, which is brilliant, by the way. I mean, he's... He's a freak of nature. It's, it bothers me that he's going to be playing for Man City next year because he is really good. So that's a brilliant bit of business. But uh, when you looked at City's squad towards the end of the season, you know they picked up one or two injuries. And all of a sudden, when they're in a title race coming down the last three or four games of the season and they've got four kids on their bench sort of thing, like their squad isn't as deep. It's the reason why the narrative kind of switched from Liverpool doesn't have a squad that's strong enough to compete with Man City to all of a sudden at the end of the year, Pep was standing there crying poor about how many massage table visits his players had to take, you know, after playing Atletico Madrid. Like they're the first English team to play Atletico sort of thing. So uh, I don't imagine a lot of players will be leaving City. Uh, I heard that the price they said for Bernardo Silva was 80 million pounds. It's hard to picture a lot of clubs coming in with 80 million pounds for Bernardo Silva. Um, you know, Raheem Sterling probably will eventually lose his place to Jack Grealish, but he doesn't need to leave. I and mean, Jesus could leave, but you know, if city are going to set a price on it because they don't want to be made fools of, you know, everybody knows that money's kind of no object to them in Newcastle, but they're still businessmen. They're not going to want to have their pants pulled down or anything like that. So if they hold out for, you know, 40 or 50 million for Gabriel Jesus, just it's hard to see a lot of clubs coming in. You know, Arsenal will have to get real desperate to be putting that kind of cash down for him. So it'll just be business as usual for Man City and they'll go into next season and have a bench that's worth more than 15 Premier League teams combined. Indeed, Gav, Man City, um, Haaland is obviously uh, an exceptional player. He's one of the most highly taught, sought, sorry, forward players in Europe, in the world. Do you see um, the likes of Phillips and, and Kilgarella as being strengthened Man City's options or is it just squad fillers as well? And, and the Haaland is just the sort of blockbuster and the other two lads will just be there if and when they're needed. Um. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's, look, it, it's it's always interesting with City because you don't usually hear about a lot of outgoings at City. The outgoings at City are usually quite quiet. You know, players that have been out of 
you know, contention or kind of being in the background and don't do an awful lot for City and they go and City get 15 and 20 million here and there and and that's it. I, I kind of see something happen at City this summer though. And I think, you know that thing where, you know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you, you know, and expecting different outcomes, you know, it's a bit silly. And I think Pep might be at that at the moment. He might be looking going, look, this team has been overall kept together for four or five years. If you look at De Bruyne, you look at Fernandinho, you look at Rodri even now, I think that was his third or fourth season at City. Yeah. Now. Um, you look at Mares, you know, that's Mares must be there five years now, I think, at this stage. Um Sterling, Jesus, there's a load of players, Kyle Walker, you know, there's a load of players there. Yeah, there, there's loads of players there that are there for three, four years and they've all had a crack at the Champions League and it just hasn't worked. And maybe he is looking and going, I can get a few out. They're still really, um, they'd be seen as really valuable transfers in the market at the moment. And Calvin Phillips makes a bit of sense to me. I don't think he'd come in and be, be absolutely demanding to play every week. They do need someone. Um, that can help out Rodri a little bit like Liverpool needs someone that can help out Fabinho because as good as Liverpool and Man City are at having a lot of the ball, their defence midfielders do an awful lot. They cover an awful lot. Rodri covers so much ground for Man City. He's covering full backs. He's covering the midfielders in front of him. He's dropping in at centre-half at times if he needs to. You know, if, if you know, centre-halves go forward, they do an awful lot of running. And I, the Calvin Phillips one kind of makes sense. You know, it lowers the age profile, as one of the lads said there. Um, he's gettable from Leeds. Injury concerns, yeah. But he'd come in there and he'd be seen as a as a replacement for Fernandinho or a long-term replacement. I think I don't know if Fernandinho leaves this summer. I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, he's retired. Is he, is he gone? Okay. Um, so so they will, I think they will bring someone in there. Cucciarella is interesting because I think you'll see Cancelo going to the right back. And you could see Cucciarella playing there with Zinchenko as his backup. Um, he's really good going forward Kutcher. he's a really good footballer he can actually play he's a, probably a better wing back than a full back but any time I've seen him I've been really impressed with him Kyle Walker will probably end up going back in as a cover at right back but will probably end up playing a lot of centre back and being used there because he did moan Pep about lack of options and stuff like that now he has got Diaz he has got Laporte he has got Stones he has got Ake but Ake's been linked with a move to Newcastle and you might see him, I'm not saying they're just bringing them in for the sake of bringing them in. I think they will play a part, but I think it's about filling out this squad again. And Haaland makes a massive difference. You know, Jesus looks like he's on his way out. There's been links with Mares. there's been links with Sterling um, leaving the club. And I could possibly see one of them leaving as well. I think they might go with something different. Like Foden is a fantastic player. He's going to be, He's if he's not the number one, on the team she up front alongside Haaland there's something wrong and I think when he's looking at Sterling and Mares, he's thought they've had four or five years now like Sterling's a Sterling's there seven years you know and I think he might just look and go I'm going to sacrifice one of these for something else and I I, I think the quality can still be there I think the numbers can still be there we can be a bit different and it'll give us a bigger chance to win the Champions League while still being able to defend the, the Premier League title so I think you will see moving that Man City and they probably need it because when you look at the amount of years they're there, and I know they've won loads of trophies, and we have players similar, but we seem to be we've bar- we've hit the barrier of the Premier League. We've gone through that. We've gone through the Champions League barrier. We're looking to just cement our place as a really top top side. They can't, in their own mind, they can't be seen as that until they win the Champions League. And I'm not sure he's convinced that what he has at his disposal now going into next season, even with Haaland, he's a lot of the same. And I think he might think just a change, just a freshness might get him over the line. So you mo- I think you will see moving from him. Representing the Lawson clan, we've Garrett Lawson in the chat there saying not many will move with the World Cup on the horizon, which is a good point. You know, you wouldn't expect much movement but I do think City you know th- there is a need maybe to freshen up a bit you know and the likes of Sterling I, the, the most likely I think you're looking at Sterling and Jesus to move on but it'll be interesting to see what happens I'm not going to spend much time I think Leeds have done good business Um, they brought in Marco Rocca today from Bayern Munich which would be the replacement for uh, mm-hmm. Calvin Phillips and Jesse March looks to be getting in you know he's, he's brought in Brandon Aarons Brandon Aronson and he's brought in um the, the, I can't think of the other fella's name Rasmus 
Christensen um, from, you know, we're getting them Salzburg players in and linked with Hackey as well, you know, and it makes sense because Hackey was a, a good player under him as well at Salzburg. So Leeds look like they're doing good business. We're linked again with Rafinha. Um, and I want to move on to some players that Liverpool are linked with before we wrap up. So Rafinha being linked with Liverpool again. Um, Ash, do you think there's anything in this one or is it just he's being linked with everybody else and Liverpool are just getting thrown into the mix now as well? I was certain that he was going to go to Barca at one point. I thought that was concrete up in January. Um, I thought that was still going to be the case for this summer. So unless I've missed some up and that's not happening no more. Um, I think we've always been linked up with Rafinha for the last 12, 18 months. Um, I, f- I think the fee is probably a, a problem. S- 60 million, did you say? Yeah, that's the figure. Uh, yeah, uh, is, is he worth 60 million? I, I don't think so. I think if Leeds went down and his buyout clause went down to, what, 25, 20 million, I think that's something that we would look at more than the 60 million buying mark. I'm not saying he's a bad player. But if you're going to replace Salah, then you're going to want someone who's probably a little bit more proven than Rafinha uh, in the goal-scoring front. Uh, I could I could understand why we are we are linked with him, but I I generally thought he was going to Barcelona. Um, it might still happen. You don't never know. They seem to pull a rabbit out of the hat all the time, don't they, with their finances? They, they can't sign someone one week, but all of a sudden they're announcing potentially Lewandowski next week or Rafinha in the week after and whatever that looks like. So I can see the links. I can see why, but I, I can't see us. I can't see us buying them personally. No, Barcelona having a pot to piss in. They bid on Gav last week and then backed away because they couldn't afford him. <laughs> so I wouldn't pay too much attention to what Barcelona yeah. did. That's because I wanted um, the soldier cans to get in the soldier cans instead yeah. of the standard. They couldn't guarantee. Couldn't, couldn't guarantee. guarantee. Um, but lads, uh, Liverpool, right? Matt, I'll come to you. Can you see Liverpool doing any more business? Um, I know we're strongly linked with the young Aberdeen lad, Calvin Ramsey. Looks like it probably will get done. Do you see Liverpool doing any business in midfield? I don't. I don't. Uh, I think it's, I said before, it's, I think it's a wait and see on Bellingham with the release clause next summer. Uh, unless somebody, you know, makes a noise somewhere and says they want to move. Like personally, I'd be all over Telemans. If we could get Telemans out of Leicester for 40 million, 35 million, I'd be all over that. But I think that's probably uh, slightly fanciful how low that figure would be. I'd imagine that Leicester would want, you know, 50, 60 million for Telemans. Uh, he, but, hasn't signed, he hasn't no, signed I, a new deal though. <clears throat> I, I didn't think he signed a new deal, did he? No, I don't think so. Oh no! Yeah, his deal does expire next summer. So yeah, because I mean, was, maybe there there's was big room. There was big rumors last November, December over to Ilan's moving, and then apparently it was going to be now he's signing a new deal and it never materialized. Yeah, like he's 25. He's a you know good age. You know, even if it's in a work, I guess you can't announce pre agreements with the same country in January, sort of thing. But uh, that's about it. I mean, there's news that uh, Ruben Neves might be up for sale from Wolves. Again, it depends on the price. It's I, I don't see Liverpool spending big on a midfielder, but if you can get somebody that's somewhat proven for a decent price. There is a lot of links, you know, and I think that's the key. I can't see us spending big. Gav, have you any names come across that, that are exciting you? So Matt touches on Telemans, uh, Ruben Neves. I've seen Conrad Lamar off Leipzig being linked. I've seen um, Kudio Kone off... Um, Munching Gladbach, we've seen Amadou and Onana off Lille, we've seen Ibrahim Sangare off PSV, and they all, you know, it just seems to be a case where it, people are just throwing midfield names into the half for Liverpool. Can you see any business being done now? Do you, are you feeling like Liverpool are going to get business done early and there is one surprise to come, or do you think Ramsey and maybe that's it? But there's all sorts going on with Ramsey, you know. There was talk it was four million, possibly going to six or something like that. And um, of course, it'd be reported to six because that's what you do with Liverpool. Now you yeah. don't actually put the transfer fee in; you have to put everything in and his expenses for the biscuits um, during the week is going to be added to that as well. That's how we work with Liverpool now. Um, and then it was like, oh, Aberdeen want more money. Calvin Ramsey's in Dubai. Um, I seen someone posted up his Instagram today. He's, he's in Dubai, like he's not going anywhere for the minute. Um, I think that's still in a stage where it's just being 
maybe close to finalised, and then he would travel to, to Liverpool. But he's as, as it looks like he's on his holidays, um, with his with his girlfriend or whatever. Um, something you said, Keith, is, is sticking in my head. And when when you said, if you haven't done show many, why do you just turn your attention and sign Darwin Nunes? And that stuck in my head because Liverpool don't come across as a team like that. They just don't. You know, we we speak. And not only us, loads of Liverpool fans um, that do podcasts or YouTube or whatever, or whatever you listen to. And they always speak about how meticulous Liverpool are, how there's a definite plan of where they want to go, how there's so many options in so many positions and they walk off the list that they have and stuff like that. I can't see Liverpool, who are most definitely in for Aurelien and Chiomeni, turning and going, didn't get him, oh, let's go and find a striker. I think they would have done them both if they could. So I think a midfield will happen. Um, Tielemans, I'm always, I'm torn on Tielemans. I think he's a really good player, but I don't think he's what we need now. No, um, I think he. I think someone in the chat said uh, he has Arsenal written all over him. I agree. I yes, think he does have yeah. Arsenal written all over him. Yeah. But midfield was I keep going back to Bellingham. Now maybe I'm just being a bit greedy and saying just go in and do try it now or being stupid to be perfectly honest with you and if I am being stupid I'll hold my hands up but the talk is is that Bellingham has more or less told Dortmund look I'll do another year unless something ridiculous happens and if he does Liverpool just have to be in the right position for next summer which by all accounts they are so you might have to look at that so but I still see them doing something like I'm I, I don't want to see Oxley chamberlain leave the club which I think he will and not bring a midfielder in now people will say oh, well he only started six games he only involved in 15 games I don't care you know what I want is a player that we involved in 25 games or 35 games coming in to replace him and it's still a number in the squad it's still a body in the squad and people will say oh well Tyler Martin Tyler Martin's a really good young player but we're playing we're playing for very high stakes here we've no margin for error we know this so I think something in midfield will happen Um but I don't think it'd be astronomical money. I, th- I think I think you're probably looking around the 30, 40 million mark. And on that sort of money, Sangari has been linked massively from, from PSV. Um, I really don't know, Keith, because there's names being thrown out every fucking 10 minutes. And I know Liverpool have lists of players, but fuck me, like, this is like, <laughs> this is, you know, A4 pages of stuff at this stage. Yeah. You know, the names coming out. So I think they will do something there. And, I think they'll do the right back from Aberdeen. And I think something happens with Salah as well. I genuinely um, do. I think I think there's going to be a breaking point with Salah before the end of this summer. I think he'll either sign or I think Liverpool might look to sell him. Be interesting. Ooh, if he yeah. I, I do, I do. And it's called it, it's called it. And look, look, let me say very very clearly here. I want Salah to sign a new deal at Liverpool. Four year deal and stay. Right. The worst thing that can happen is Salah leaving, right, in my opinion. He's not going to get the, the offers on the table. He, For me, his agent is trying to push certain agendas to try to get Liverpool to break in some way. And Liverpool don't look like breaking, you know, and I just don't know. It's 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 the whole circus around it for me once this once this transfer window ends. It's going to be literally 10 months of incessant stuff yeah. about Mo Salah. And you can be as... You can be as professional as you want and, and be as far removed as you or try to be as far removed as you as you can be, but it will end up getting to people. It will end up affecting things. And I want them to sign a deal. I have I have a little feeling that something might pop up before the end of the summer. Liverpool might do something up front. Because Salah, if he doesn't sign the deal before the window closes, I think they might look to move him on. It's hard to move him on if he doesn't want to go. Yeah, a lot of no, I know. Say I know. That, but on the other side of that, you know, there's only a handful of teams in the world who'll be able to afford him. And if they think they mm. can get him ahead of the other teams, for example, if Real Madrid think they need a forward player and they don't want to let it go down to a, um, a, an auction next summer, they might come in and, and bid for him and, and we'll give him astronomical money to go there 
that Salah may be happy with. So something could happen. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that did happen. A name getting loads of mention in the chats there is uh, Matthias Nunes of Sporting Lisbon. And he's a player that's strongly been linked with Liverpool. He was linked with Wolves, but it looks like possibly Liverpool now um, challenging them for that. An interesting player, but he's, you know, if he's a number eight. He's he's a very. I was looking at um, a lot of stuff wrote about him, and I can't see them bringing in a Nunes now and uh, Jude Bellingham next summer because they seem quite similar players to me. They're both sort of in the same positions, the same area. So I'd be interested to see. I think they're going to do a midfielder as well, but I think it will be more along the lines of a Sangare or a Kone, a player that can play. Not maybe not naturally a number six but can cover the number six role when Fabinho was injured and needs a rest. And I don't know if a Nunes is, is that type of player. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but quite, I think... Go on. Go ahead. No, no, I, quite say, I think there's a lot, a lot of names being linked there and I think it's exciting. And I think people saying, you know, you, you have people moaning about oh, Liverpool's transfer window will be over already. You know, we bring in transfer record and people are moaning about that. But I just think... They're going to go out and do a midfielder, and they're going to do the young lad off, um, off Aberdeen as well. That's that's the most realistic, you know. And maybe that should Salah show was throwing a few people because there's there's plenty in the chat going now. Like John said, it'd be criminal to to sell him. Paul says, "Nah, leave it out." Salah and Manny in the same year, too much not happening. <clears throat> it's a, the only thing in my head over is you're looking at the Bellingham thing and you're saying, "Right, we hold out for a year," because there's no doubt Liverpool want Joe Bellingham. I think he's, he's just just too much smoke there, where you know being for, and Liverpool could could look and go that one we're looking at next one we don't need to, we'll bring it forward, you know what I mean? That because if they think Salah's running down that contract, you know they've listed six five six players, you know it, and they're gonna they're gonna scout the life out of them between now and the end uh, next season. They're gonna start talking to them possibly in the next six months. I just, I just think I don't think Liverpool would not be open. Is what, probably the better way to put it. Would not, yeah. would, would, sorry, would be open to the possibility of them leaving this summer because they plan so well and they might be able to bring in a target that they think in a year's time would come and replace Mo Salah. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. My hope on it, Salah just goes and says, "Listen, you're offering that. I want this. Can we meet somewhere?" And I'll sign three years, and everyone goes great. There you go, bang, and we get it done because I, I still think he'll end up as top goalscorer in the league next season. Yeah, but I agree with you. The circus is going to be the circus is what's killing me. Yeah, that's yeah, no, I, I agree one hundred percent on that idea. And I suppose what we have to look at as well is Liverpool don't do a midfielder next. Uh, sorry, this season does a a lot of work needs next summer then as well because you're looking at you know. If if they don't go, Oxley, Chamberlain, and Kate are both out of contract. Milner will be out of contract, will probably sign another role in one year. You've got um, Hendo, Thiago, a year older, Fabinho getting to 30 as well. The midfield all of a sudden needs a big injection in one go. And that's with Dow, the Salah, and Firmino question up top. Do you know what I mean? So I think if they, if they don't do a midfielder now, there's a lot of work they needed, but maybe they may. I expect Liverpool are on top of these things, but you know, it'll be interesting to see what way they deal with it. But anyway, there's, there's going to be links, many a link over the summer. Some will be credible, some will be bullshit, and we'll be here to talk about them every week, you know. So, Gav, anything else you want to add? Um, no, on transfer wise, no. Um, for the rest of the week, um, I'm recording uh, in my life tomorrow. I don't want Matt last week. Really enjoyed it. Um, uh, who have I got on tomorrow? Antio Chill, I think, is on tomorrow. Um, and I have Peter Jones next week. They're all lining up. They all want to go, which is great. I'll just keep lashing down the diary. But um, basically, the premise of the show is not a show. It's not on YouTube. It's going to be on your podcast uh, apps. Basically, uh, the guest brings three of their favorite moments from um, supporting Liverpool. And they don't tell me what they are until we get on and we start recording. And we have a nice chat about it for an hour. And um, that's tomorrow. Thursday, we'll have the viewer's voice. 
Um, I said yesterday I was playing golf. I am, but I'm going to make it back. We do a viewer's voice on uh, <laughs> Thursday. Uh, Friday will be Sports Unplugged. And um, then we're back at it then, aren't we? Sunday. Uh, the Fat Back Four. Don't forget Failacon. Phil is now doing um, some sort of Ironman thing in July for Failacon. Um, 30, 31 kilometres of running and swimming and mountain biking and stuff Phil loves. You know, all that sort of madness. Um, but he's doing it for Failacon now. He's trying to raise money on that. He's using the same link as what's in our description. So if you want to... Um, if you want to donate, it's there. We're at, we're going to be at seven and a half thousand in the next 24 hours. That's, that's done. So we're at the last 25% now, a real push. So if anyone can share it or donate or just get it out there to as many people as you can across all your social medias or if you're in the pub with your mates, tell them, um, go and do that. IP Vanish is a sponsor for this show as well. 4.6 out of five on Trustpilot. Here we go, Ooh. Keith. You're delighted I'm doing this again. Um, <laughs> look. One touch of a button, it protects you as a VPN, it protects your data, your passwords, all that sort of stuff. Um, the link is in the description, www.ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers. Um, protect you on your phone, your tablet, your desktop, all that sort of stuff, whether you're at home or on the move. Go and check them out. You're getting it at about $3.20 a month, which is really good. It's it's 3 to 4 It's Yeah, it's about 25% of the average VPN, so go and check that out in the description. And the last thing is that a guy um, called Phil, who was on my team playing golf last Friday, has started his own YouTube channel. So if anyone's out there is into golf, type into, into YouTube, Breaking Par, The Quest, and it's a brilliant idea he's come up with. It's a brilliant challenge he set himself. He's literally set the YouTube channel up tonight. And I can't wait to see it. Um, Veranda Chase has to be in a golf club on the southeast coast of um, Ireland tomorrow at 6am, which should be, he'll only be allowed to stay up for about another half an hour now, I'd say, on the Xbox before he has to go to bed. But go and check <laughs> it out. Um, Phil is a lovely, lovely fella. He's mad into his golf. Um I'm going to try support him on this because it's something that he's really taken on. And even if you're not into golf, it's someone challenging themselves over a short period of time to really get something incredible. So go and check that out. Breaking Power, The Quest. That's it for me. Excellent. I think you covered everything. You do, I Red Steve. Red Steve, sorry. He says, Quiz Gav, Draft Gav, Andy Chat Gav. Yes, Quizzes drafts um yes we will try to get to from next week andy chat yes we will try to get to from hopefully um start of july-ish um, and i'm only guessing on that because andy is up to his eyes and we're other things at the moment so we will do our best on them as well yeah uh, i'm not saying andy's a diva but you know i think if the more people that go on to twitter and, and tell them they miss him i think you might get them back quicker mm, um yeah. Um, so look, I uh, just want to say, look, Matt, thanks for coming on. Uh, pleasure having you on. And the uh, on the in my live show last week was really good. So I look forward to hearing Andy O'Chill this week. So Matt, thanks for coming on. Oh no, thank you. It's uh, I'm looking forward to see if Gav chooses to call him Antioch the Third like he wants to. Or not a chance. Drives. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Brilliant. Yeah. Good show. Ash. Great work. Great work, Keith. Good stuff. Good stuff, Ash. Pleasure having you on. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you, mate, for having me on. Um, brilliant chat as always. Uh, Matt, brilliant last week, mate. Loved it. The uh, the ones and one with Gav. Um, can't wait to hear the next one. Um, Nunes is done. Who's next? We all wait to find out. But let the fume begin on Twitter. Can't wait seeing all these fantastic top reds having a meltdown because we haven't bought anyone else. Or, but uh, apart from that, all good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Excellent stuff, and Gav, I won't thank you. No. here all the time. Anyway, it's been Charles Darwin's birthday, Charles Bronson's Correct. birthday, Liverpool signed Darwin Nunes. What a day, what a time to be alive, what a time to be a red. We'll be back soon, and we'll see you all again shortly. Sports Social Podcast Network.